All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, we have on the show, Roland Kornblau. And, to, and this is another public sector show today. So there's a big difference when we talk about money and numerous other things of IT directors that are in you know, either mid-market space, in business, or in nonprofit slash public, public sector. But you know, without any further ado, Roland, welcome to the show. Why don't you just give us a, a brief rundown of where you're at right now and, and maybe the, the size and expansiveness of the network and people that you manage. Sure. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, so I'm a director of technology for a school district in Southern California. We have 17 locations, 14 schools uh, total. The other locations are like district office and such. We have about 8,500 students, about 1,000 roughly staff. Uh, my staff is about 10 folks plus myself and uh, uh, voice over IP, telephone system. Uh, we're doing a bunch of things. I think we have about 6,000 Chromebooks and miscellaneous hardware. So uh, a pretty good operation. 6,000 Chromebooks is a pretty big deal. So now of those 6,000, I'm, I'm assuming that a large group of those are used by the students or how, like, what's the breakdown there of like people that are actually, I don't know if you'd call them employees, government employees, whatever you'd call, you know, uh, teachers, et cetera. But what are the majority of the Chromebooks for? Sure. So we have, uh, we call them certificated staff and classified staff. So the teachers are certificated. Um, the, all the rest of the folks are classified and the Chromebook. So we're not one-to-one. -one. We have about 8,500 students. Uh, we're almost, we're trying to get to the one-to-one. -one. Um, so the, the Chromebooks are mostly for students. I do have a couple of my schools that use Chromebooks for staff, but um, mostly staff use regular PCs and Mac uh, laptops and desktops. So mostly uh, we, and we do have a spattering of uh, iPads in there as well. So I mean, honestly, the, the last time that I was in real school, you know, I had a DVD slash, no, I didn't have a DVD. I had a CD-ROM drive, okay? So, and then it was, you know, number two pencils, uh, K through 12, which is really the, the, the realm that you're in. So how does that work? I'm just, you know, I haven't been into like a school in a long time. Is there just a pile of computers sitting at the door when you walk in? Like, how do you guys, what, what are we utilizing these for on a daily sure. basis? Sure. So hopefully uh, we, we're utilizing them daily for instruction. Um, the, the classes have, I mean, your papers, everything's basically online now, right? So um, we, we write papers on them. Uh, the students take tests on them. So testing, of course, is a large um, requirement for uh, online. Um, so the students can know where they're at. And, but in, from day-to-day -day operations, um, they do anything from writing papers to uh, doing homework to doing research, um, publishing uh, different software things. So, I mean, we're a K-12, so we run the gamut all the way down from, uh, pre, from uh, transitional kindergarten, which is right below kindergarten, all the way up to high school. And in fact, we have uh, adult school and continuation school as well. So, um, you name it, anything that's, uh, that, that you can do now with uh, what it used to be with pencil and paper, uh, you can do on a computer, bigger, better, faster, maybe a little bit more dangerously. A uh, good story about what you mentioned uh, with number two pencil is my first school district that I started in um, was actually the school district that I graduated from. So that was the oddest feeling in the world, going to a room that used to have uh, typewriters, which I learned to type on, 
and now going back in there and seeing computers. Um, so that was, yeah, that, that was fun. That's, I can't imagine working in the school that I had so many good and bad memories from. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was experience, you know, go, going back and, and what you notice is everything looks so much smaller, you know, the bigger you get, I guess, because everything when you're younger and uh, hopefully shorter and smaller, I mean, I, I really have. It changed. seems huge. It, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it, just, it seems huge back then. And then going back and go, wow, this really doesn't seem that far. And why did it take me that long to get to class? And, you know, so it crammed us all in here. So I'm just, this is kind of off subject of what we were talking about the other day, but I'm really fascinated. Like, how do you manage that many devices and how often do they break? And I'm just curious, these Chromebooks, are they fairly durable or, I mean, you got 6,000 of them. So how many come in a week? Sure. Um, so most of the most of the schools are pretty good. They they manage them on site. We manage them through um, G Suite, which is a Google administration tool. Um, and because they're they're uh, basically a browser, right? So the um, they you can't really install anything on them um, uh, overall. And so they're they're not that terribly difficult to manage. They do break. The keys do pop off. The, they do get dropped. Um, but surprisingly enough, if the if the students uh, are on staff are on staff are on um, subject, then they actually use them and they want to make sure and they take care of them because they want to make sure they're going to be functioning for the next time that they need to use them, right? Because all the curriculum is there and everything on them. So they take they take pretty good care of them actually. I mean, mishaps do happen. Um, I would say, you know, we're below 10% uh, right now in the break fix arena. So, uh, but having, having, uh, because they're just a browser, we really don't deal with uh, viruses like on normal computers, if you will. Uh, we don't have to deal with, uh, you know, corruption of software as much, uh, different things. So management is, is, I mean, that, and of course I have a team of 10 because I couldn't do it by myself. Nice. The, so of the, all the grades, who, which grade, and there may not be an answer for this, but which grade is the most, um, I don't know, tricky or um, which grade would you say is the smartest with technology in being able to get around the uh, firewall, so to speak? Sure. So the, uh, I, I think my high schoolers are the most ingenious. I'll, I'll use that word. Um, because they have a lot of time, uh, they're really sharp. I mean, you know, the, the, all of our students are a lot sharper than we give them credit for. And they have a lot of time and a lot of friends in their network to, uh, you know, bounce <laughs> ideas and try different things on. So um, I think they're, if, if you want to use the word challenging, uh, but I, I like to use, you know, we, we learn the most <laughs> from our high school students with respect to, um, you know, how to run our networks and how to tighten down security and how to keep everybody safe. So we, you, last time we talked, you had a very, I, I would say, I don't know if say like life altering or very, uh, a, just a very unique, special perspective when looking at your students. And you said, you know, we spend too much time teaching them and not enough time learning from them. So maybe True. just, maybe just speak about that for a few minutes because you, you, you kind of were hinting at that just now with, you know, you know, we, we can learn a lot from them because a new generation, you know, you know, finding ways to, you know, break things or get around stuff. But, you know, like talk to me about that. Sure. So we do, we, I mean, we're in education. So our job is to educate the students. 
but they're really, really sharp. You know, um, I'll start with, uh, you know, my, my story that I like to tell is uh, for my school district when I first started, you know, we had a student that was kind of in the library by himself, you know, off task. You got to give the time frame too, by the way, because this is a this is interesting. That like, yeah. So so this it. was this was probably in the early '90s, right? So the the internet and uh, filtering and hacking and everything was in its infancy. Um, so yeah, about early '90s. I don't recall the exact year. Um, so we any we we're looking we're we're monitoring the network and we see this one student that's uh you know off task navigating to somewhere they really shouldn't be. And of course, the first instinct for everybody is well, shut them down, go catch them, go discipline them. And uh, I, I kind of took a different take. It was my location, and um, how many I, I went. Did you have first of all, was it just you by yourself then, or like you said, because you're talking we, like there's a group of people, like hey, shut them down, go discipline them. But like, who were those people? Like, who who's saying that? I just want a, a good idea of like you know what's going on here in the in the early '90s. So this school district uh, was. Uh, about 20,000 students, I would say. So we had a we had a nice team of about 15 people in the tech department. Uh, five of us. Uh, the uh, the district was uh, split up into quadrants. So you had four high schools and all the subsequent middle schools and elementaries that fed into those high schools. I was in charge of one of those quadrants along with uh, another colleague of mine. There happened to be about five people in the room uh, when we were monitoring toward the middle of the day. And uh, when I say we, I would be talking about myself, my colleague, and I would include the principal and dean at that point because they, you know, they're in charge of discipline. So um, we we were we noticed the student. Um, he was where he basically shouldn't be. We we locked the computer, and then we went to the school to figure out what happened. Well, you know, everybody wants to stop it, discipline the student, you know, call the parents, whatever. I took a little bit different approach and I went to the principal and said, uh, do you mind if I talk to the parent first and ask a couple questions, see if I, you know, see if I can get permission to maybe buy the kid lunch and find out what's going on. <laughs> you know, it was kind of interesting because that, that's the same, you know, like a dog kind of looks at you kind of sideways when he doesn't really understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I felt that same kind of pressure from the principal and the parent on the phone you know, kind of like, why, why do you want to take my son to lunch? What's, you know, what's going on? I said, well, because I want to find out what he did, you know, and, and again, that same sideways look of, you know, you should know because you're the expert. And in fact, you know, IT changes so often, even back then, and, you know, we can never learn at all. We're always learning. And mm -hmm. so uh, I, I basically went, I, I, uh, I bought us some uh, wonderful deep fried burritos for 75 cents a piece. So you know how long ago that was. Sounds um, great actually, right now, by the way. Oh, I mean, no, a, de was, a deep fried burrito right now sounds oh, really good to me. It was, it was, it was really good. <laughs> uh, you know, so we were, we were chatting and basically the, the student basically told me everything he did. You know, he was proud of it. And, and as well, he should be because he outsmarted, you know, half of my team, including myself. And so he, he, he told us everything he did. Um, he basically tunneled, uh, created a tunnel, a V-tunnel, T-tunnel, uh, whatever was popular at that time. He bounced off of his home network and got around our filter and got out on the internet, you know, wide open to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, so what did he you know, do at home? Did he have to leave like a dial-up modem on or something at home? I mean, I'm just trying to I think, like, what would you do you know, then? Probably, it probably was at the time because I don't believe, I think, you know, AOL was still in its, uh, 
in its heyday then. And so I don't really think we had anything close to a cable modem or I'm just wondering like what he did like before he left home, yeah. like dialed up and like, yeah, he must've dialed, <laughs> he must've dialed up and left it on, you know, um, <laughs> and is the and, hope that the party line doesn't activate or something like uh, that. True, true. Right. Or if he wasn't, dial- I mean, back then, if you needed to download something, you, you know, you do your dial up and hopefully it didn't fail, you know, at 97. Come back a late, come back a day later. And yeah. yeah. And you'd have it there. So that's basically what he did. And um, we were able to fi- uh, find this out. Uh, it took a whole lot less time um, instead of going, you know, pouring through logs and, and finding out uh, what exactly transpired at the time. You know, I found out in basically a half hour. We were able to come back, block it. Um, same student, it, about a year or two later, we started kind of like a mouse squad, kind of like a, where students can help troubleshoot, um, you know, just different things like printer issues and, and small issues on the network. And so he ended up uh, putting in some time. Uh, the school, I don't think they ever made a class or anything out of it specifically, but anyway, it worked out to the benefit of everybody. Um, I, I won't say that the student didn't get disciplined because that, that happened, you know, uh, with the dean and the principal, so he, he may well have. Um, but everybody was better for it. So just going back to that same point that um, the students, kids, whatever, have so much time. It, you know, back in, back in my day, uh, you'd have that blinking 12 on your VCR that you'd have the, you know, your grandson or your son or daughter, you know, fix for you, set the correct time so it stopped blinking. Uh, kind, of the same, <laughs> kind of the same premise, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> can you, I got a new TV. Can you plug in the, the Betamax and then the VHS and can you use all the audio cords and make sure they all line up correctly? That was, yeah, yeah, and, and there was, there was a lot more cords back then too. You know, now you have one HDMI and power and you're, you're good to go. But you know, back then you had the RCA cords and who knows what else connecting everywhere. So yeah, I'm assuming that for most, uh, adults or, uh, uh, it would look pretty complex, you know, for students, you know, the other thing that students have is they don't really have, they don't really have that fear, you know, that's kind of ingrained in you. So they're not afraid to fail, you know, as, as we get older, I think we're afraid to try things because we might not succeed and how that will look to others and what the repercussions will be and everything. And I, you know, I think as adults, we, we realize the repercussions and we don't want to deal with them. Uh, students don't have the experience yet of what those repercussions are, good, bad, or otherwise. So they just go for it, you know, they, they, they just do it. And you were kind of talking about that earlier where you're saying like they're more ingenious, but that does that necessarily mean that they're smarter? Um, not necessarily. It just depends on like, I guess, what your definition of smart is. It's interesting that you say that too, because fear is something that we're always saying, you know, confront, you know, fear is the problem, like, you know, confront your fears. That's what's holding you back. That's what's paralyzing you. Uh, but in this particular case, we're actually saying fear is actually kind of a good thing, uh, at least when it comes to security and just doing stupid stuff on the internet. Well, yeah, every, everything, everything in moderation. And you do, have to, you do have to know your plan B. So, I mean, in IT, we have uh, that plan B where you have to understand uh, preparing for disaster recovery, things like that, right? So you have to know those limits. But I think if, uh, same thing with everything else, if you have, if you, you know, set up some boundaries and you work within those boundaries, I, I think it's good. But definitely, yeah, you, you can't be fearful. I mean, you have to use, you have to use fear as kind of a, a well-rounded, or you have to respect it. I should just say that, you know, and, and once, if you respect it, then you'll tread lightly, but you also won't be scared of it. You'll just have a, a good, healthy respect for it.
you know, for parents out there listening and stuff like that, what would you say is that, that fine balance? Because I think there's people always looking at how can I lock down a, uh, a network? What kind of firewall can I put in place? Uh, what can I do to protect my kids? And I think maybe some people just, you know, throw their hands up in the air and say, you know, screw it um, because there's really not, nothing I can do. And then some people might go too far and really try and lock everything down. Um, me personally, I put the computer in the kitchen. I don't give my kids devices to just kind of willy nilly have access to the internet. Um, but I, but as much as I try the somehow it's just like the evil slips through from time to time. And you just, you know, I'm like, where the hell did you learn that from? And, uh, I don't know. I saw it on some YouTube yes. video that slipped in or, you know, something like that. And, uh, it's just, it's just different now. And I was, my sister-in-law was talking with my wife the other day and I, I just remember my wife and I, we were talking about like, you know, when we were a kid, we never saw X, Y, Z. Um, and her sister was kind of there at the dawn of the internet. And she's like, you know how much of this I saw before I was, you know, this age. And I, it, it was just, you know, I, it was just kind of shocking. So I'm just curious, like what's your philosophy or any best practices for people out there that just have kids in general? I have a 15 year old. I've got a 13 year old. I've got an 11 year old, a nine year old, you know, I've got twins that are seven, you know, they're all have going to need or have access to the internet of some sort. What's the, you know, what's the solution? And I'm not saying that there is. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's a perfect solution, but um, I think the best thing that we can do and it gets, it goes back a little bit to that fear is, is uh, we need to go out there and educate ourselves as adults, as parents, um, as teachers on what's going on out there. I, I think we, because a lot of folks are afraid. And so, like you said, they'll, they'll just ignore it. And that's about the worst thing you can do. The best thing you can do is probably learn it together, you know, with your students, with your children, um, know what's going on, find out what the latest uh, communication phases, whether that's Instagram, whether that's Snapchat, whether that's, you know, I'll date myself with MySpace or, you know, Facebook, which you know, <laughs> we don't really use anymore. That's for the old folks, you know, MySpace. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. younger ones are on uh, WhatsApp or, uh, uh, you know, the, the latest and greatest. So I think that's, that's key. Um, you can't, you can't stop learning. I mean, I, I eat my own dog food. I've been in education for 23 years in the, in the technology side. Um, I'm still taking classes. Yeah. You know, I tell everybody, that I'm not that smart because I'm still in school. So you have to, you have to keep learning um, and figure out what your, what your kids are doing, you know? And, and once you know, I think the comfort level goes up so you can, you can Snapchat your kid, you can text your kid, you can do this and that. And so they feel more comfortable. They're going to communicate. It opens up that communication. Uh, yes. Keep the technology depending on the age level, right? Uh, keep the technology, uh, within viewing distance. So in the kitchen, in the living room, wherever you're going to be, um, it just, it, you know, a healthy respect for that as well. So that, uh, so that they can know, Hey, I can't be off task. I can't be doing this because somebody could see me, you know, somebody could watch me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they could, they could be out there and if they have any questions, Hey, dad's in the room and uh, could you come over here and, and take a look or help me do this? Or, you know, where do I look for this? So the students, what, what I generally tell my teachers is the students know how to use the technology, right? We might not, but the students know how to use it. And if, if our job is to basically teach them or train them on how to use it for good, how to search, how to use it for finding out what you need, anything is right now, as far as the internet goes, you know, I, I know everybody thinks it's huge and it's vast and whatnot, but 
you can take free college classes online and complete your degree. You won't get that paper because you haven't paid for it, uh, but you can get the same college level education right now all over the internet taking classes. It's fantastic. Um, but you do have to know where to look. You do have to know where to navigate. You can't spend all day on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, so, but I think actually like what is knowledge, right? Like, do you really need a degree? And you know, you know that you really care about being in school when you're willing to take a class to learn the knowledge and you don't care whether you get a degree or not because you're 43 like me. And quite frankly, I just don't need a piece of paper that says you graduated from something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's just that now, like when I go to seek out something, right. And this may be a very immature thing because I've always told people, you know, the, the real people that are in college are like the top, like one to 2% of people that really know they want to be a doctor, really know they want to be a lawyer, or really know they want to be some kind of engineer because they are diehard in the books all day long and they're going to college for a reason. I, the rest of us are in college because uh, America tells us we need to go to college and we'll be a loser if we don't and we won't be able yep. to have a job and we won't be able to make payments on a house and a car and all this stuff and go into debt and all these other things. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, when you get older and you start taking courses, you know, like you said, whether it be for free or you pay for them and you don't care whether you get a degree or not, that's when you really know that you're seeking knowledge for the sake of seeking knowledge. Uh, anyways, that's just a rant, side rant. I don't even know why. No, it's, it's, it's totally true. I mean, I, I didn't like, uh, I didn't feel I had the time and I didn't like reading when I was younger. And, you know, as you get older, you, you learn more, you have more experiences and whatnot. And I love to read now. I, I mm. you know, but now it's like, do I have the time, you know, cause I've got yeah. three kids, three grandkids, uh, and a bunch of other stuff going on. So, you know, a half hour before bed, you know, when you're not wasting, it's, it's probably like all the time that we do waste on stupid social media stuff that we could fit in reading or whatever. Oh yeah. The thing is, is we learn how to learn too. Um, we learn how that we ourselves as an individual learn or learn better. Like for me, I don't know when it comes to jujitsu, I need to watch videos and I need to visually kind of like digest that and watch it over and over and over again. And then I go practice it kinesthetically, you know, like in class. Right. Um, but I'm not good at just like watching an instructor in class and then going right to drill. Like if I watch it on a video, like over and over again, like that's great for me. Um, same thing with like reading. Sometimes I can read something and you know, you throw the book down and then like, that's it. But audiobooks for me, are great. And I, don't know, I think maybe I was had like learning disability in school or something. I was, I was a terrible student, but, um, well, I'll dovetail onto that. And that's another great, fantastic thing in technology that we may or may not take full advantage of right now is that everybody learns differently, right? So you mentioned that you need to do it one way and you might have a student that, you know, needs to hear it 17 times like myself before they mm-hmm. get it, you know, and you can hit replay on the technology. You can't really ask your teacher or ask your friend to repeat something to you 17 times because they'll give you that same sideways dog look, you know, like, yeah. why aren't you getting this? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there, it, it truly goes back. You, you, you can go on the internet and ask a stupid question, you know, whether you believe in stupid questions or not, but I do um, believe in stupid questions. I absolutely do. <laughs> and nobody, nobody's, <laughs> really gonna, nobody's really going to judge you, you know, cause they don't know you. You're just a, you're just yeah. a, paragraph on the internet right um unless they're famous like you are how does bitcoin work (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know i mean and you wouldn't necessarily be afraid to ask that um on the internet but you may be afraid to ask that in class or in front of your peers or something like that so um that as well as being able to choose your learning style with technology so um you know in education we have something um like if you want to call it flipped learning or however 
where so you have some instructors, mostly in college, but it's coming, it's coming down. It's, it's rolling down a little bit um, down to high school and such. But you'll have the instructor or teacher record a lesson and send that home. And the student, that's their homework, is to watch the lesson. When they come into class, now you actually do the work. And what's great Man, about that- Man, that is so much better. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, because you have somebody there now to ask questions of. You have somebody there mm-hmm. that's watching you do what you do instead of going home with your homework and- That is genius. That's genius. And that couldn't happen without technology. And right? how so much that, easier is it to watch something at home than to come home with a pile of books and have to get out a pencil and paper? Yep. It's, yes. It's you know and what? Then, you just blew my mind. That that's you know, it is things like that. Like how do we change the system? Um, I hated Spanish. I mean, like languages are the hardest thing for me. Now I love taking language. Now I do it like, you know, outside of school. Like but I took a memory course, right? And I learned about all the different memory palaces and like how to map things out and like various different memory tricks. But in high school it was like rote no one told you that. They didn't tell you how to memorize. They didn't tell you yeah. like it was like rote learning, you know, it was like write this out a thousand times. It was it was just memorize it. There was n- actually no uh, if the teacher had given me some tricks on memorizing and stuff and made it like, I think that would have made a huge difference because with language, a lot, a lot of it is just, you know, memorizing, you know, translating verbs and conjugating and stuff like that. For me, the grammar, I understood the grammar. I just didn't want to memorize stuff because well, it was my, like, boring and long. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter is a special ed teacher and she uses some of those same techniques that we actually, I remember back in kindergarten, you learned to, sing a song but that actually contained either the language you're talking about or a problem or some type of states and you're learning with music right and we kind of lose that as as we move through the grades and you know that's no longer practiced but i mean that's a learning technique as well music is huge you know if you're if you happen to be talented and play an instrument or something like that that's proven to um make you uh understand language better, uh, make you learn languages easier just because you're playing an instrument or something. It unlocks something in your brain, but I, I, that's a whole other subject. I, I get it. <laughs> I birdwalk a little bit too, but it's fantastic, you know, it, and, and those, type of, those type of techniques, whether that's technology, whether that's the technique of um, using the different types of learning to get that understood, that's huge. The, to complete, to circle back and to kind of completely go back to kind of where we were. I want to ask you what, what your first computer was and how you got started in technology. I usually ask that first, but I'm going to ask it now. And uh, my follow-up question would be, do you think uh, software developers, people that are in technology may have a jaded view of the world based on what they see on the internet and have access to? So part one, Part one, what was your first computer? How'd you get started? <laughs> and then the dark question. Okay. Um, so the first computer was actually a Timex Sinclair. I actually had to look it up, and I think it, it debuted in 82 and got discontinued in 83. Um, so I can't remember the specific date that I actually uh, got it. It was given to me by a friend of mine's father. Um, I think it was $99 at the time. Uh, back in the 80s, that was a lot of money. I mean, still a lot of money, but it, it was a lot more money back then. Yeah, remember a $100 uh, bill? You're like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. $100. Benjamin, right? Yeah. Um, so that was, my, that was my first one. I think I learned how to program in basic, if that's what the language was back then, where you can write your name and have it stream across the screen. It was hooked up to a television set. So 
And I thought I was the greatest stuff since sliced bread when I did that. I was just like, that's wild. Um, next computer was probably the Commodore 64. Uh, it debuted about the same time, but I didn't, I didn't touch that one until a little bit later. But um, so those, those were the first two. Uh, how I got into the industry is a little bit more complicated, kind of a little bit of accident, a little bit of uh, luck, I guess. I had a family that moved out of state and said, uh, let's, let's communicate via email. And I'm like, that, that's, that's a great idea. I have absolutely no idea what email is or how to do that. And so I bought a computer that didn't have a modem. It didn't have a CD drive. The hard drive wasn't large enough. The memory wasn't enough. And so I was like, okay, I guess what I have to learn how to. Had, wait, wait. Oh, you mean it had, it had a floppy disk. It had, it had a, yeah, it had, it had a 3.5 floppy. Uh, didn't have a hard, didn't have a large enough hard drive. I couldn't even tell you what the hard drive was. Maybe uh, 10 meg, maybe eight meg. I don't know. Um, and then memory was, memory was minuscule as well. So I think At least I, it was a meg. Yeah. You know, and I got that AOL, I got that AOL CD. I'm going to get online. I, I was like, okay, so I don't have a CD player to put it in. That's awesome. And, you know, so I got yeah, We had, we had attaching CD ROM drives or attachment. Did you have, did you go buy an attachment? No, or? I went, I went to, uh, I think it was comp USA or a store of something of that nature uh-huh. where I actually bought a CD drive and I had to learn how to plug it in and, yeah. you know, hook it up and get the system to recognize it. And I think that's where it all started for me. Um, and then finally the, the email is like, okay, I sent the email that, that, you know, let's move on. Let's go to, you know, I think it was windows three, point one or something at the time not even 95 so i can't remember did we were we only allowed to open one program at a time in the early windows i i thought i thought i remember for some reason it was like you had to close the program like like if you had word open like you're using word but you couldn't have multiple windows open at one time i can't remember is that very, i remember it was like windows like you click on things huh you're yeah very possible you got me but i, I know it was really limited uh, it wasn't anything <laughs> like what we have now yeah yeah um okay so i'm just i'm just curious and so so you move from, too, right? of, of something yeah else. so you know because you see uh, i'm getting ready to write i've got uh, i'm putting together a newsletter that's called the whole telecom truth and, and nothing but and one of the um you know i work with a lot of msps or a lot of managed service providers it guys and a lot of them run um like you know hospitality hotel and they're like, look, I just, I shut down like the area of the firewall that allows me to see what people are actually doing in their hotel rooms because it is just, you know, like ruining my life. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm just curious. You got, you have software developers, you got people that grow up in this industry and kind of grow up in this world. Can you get jaded at all? I would assume yes. I mean, just like anything else, what I generally tell uh, again, my, my daughter's a special ed teacher and uh, to most of my teachers, you have to care, but you also have to be careful too, because much like a doctor, you know, you're going to lose some patients. You're going to have some patients go sideways or whether that's um, they're leaving your service because they didn't like you or something worse. Um, So I think you just have to do your best. You know, you have to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and you keep doing what you're doing because yeah, there's a lot of ugly stuff out there. And, you know, and even more, and that's amplified for me because I mean, I'm in a school district, so I well, want to make, I didn't want to tie it together. Yeah. So th- that's the tie in, right? So the tie in is our kids, high school kids, um, responsible is not the word. Um, yeah, actually it is right now because we used to have, 
we used to make everybody sign a contract when they get online, 13 and over, um, that they signed a, uh, a authentic, uh, oh gosh, it's going to, it's like signing a not no hazing contract in high school, like on the football team. Like I will not torture the freshmen, but everyone kind of like, as they're signing, as the seniors are signing, I can remember this as the seniors are signing the hazing contract, they're looking at you with like a grin on their face. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so it's like, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, and that was back when you said like the kids are ingenious, but are they smart? So I guess my question is, is are they emotionally intelligent? Do, do kids at that age have emotional intelligence? My, my guess would be they have more curiosity than they have emotional intelligence. I I would, I would agree because you can watch kids and you have younger kids and I've, I've had, my kids are older now, but I have consequences. I'm sorry. Consequences was the net was the word I was thinking of. Do they understand the consequences of it? I don't think, I don't think so. No, we still, we still need to, uh, everybody, a, a lot of, a lot of students still learn by mimicking, right? They, so they, they, they pick up everything from their environment. So we definitely have to set a good example. Number one, and no, they don't know the consequences, and that's another repetition. So, you know, every year you sign that, and it's, it's called an acceptable use policy now um, instead of an authorized user policy. So um, a responsible use policy, rather. There we go. So we want to make sure that they're responsible. We want to inform and educate. I mean, obviously, that's the business we're in, but we want to make sure to do that for our students, for our teachers, for ourselves. Um, and because you are going to hit, you are going to hit some bad stuff out there. I mean, as a school district, you know, we have to abide by a bunch of, uh, acronyms, uh, COPA, SIPA, FERPA, all these laws and regulations. So we do have to have filters in place, um, that filter all the bad stuff out. Um, do those filters work hundred percent? No. Um, and that's the reason for the contract. And hopefully we can educate, um, students, staff alike that, Hey, you're going to hit some bad stuff out there. You know, it's not a, it's not a foolproof system and that's why we have to talk about it. If it was foolproof, you know, we'd put you in a, a padded room and just, you know, you can bounce around all you want without getting hurt. That's unfortunately not the reality. So, um, you know, just like the students are ingenious, the hackers are ingenious and there's always stuff out there that's, that's uh, going bad. So we have to educate and make sure that they stay on the right track. If they do hit something that's bad, you know, okay, yeah, it's bad. You have a chuckle, you have a grin um, and you move on. And hopefully they notify an adult saying, Hey, you know, this, this happened. I wasn't trying. This is what I typed in. This is what came up. Thank you very much. Adults have to understand that that happens and not to, you know, explode and find, you know, actually document. Okay, here's what happened. Let's report it to IT. Let's report it to somebody so they know what happened. Not for the, you know, um, to discipline, but to simply find out so we can fix it, right? Um, because it does happen. And so once, once we're at that level, which, you know, it's challenge. It's a challenging level to be at. Uh, I think, but once we're at that level, I think everything can get fixed easier. Um, a little bit less issues for um, students. We we try and take away a little bit of that fear because, yeah, I mean, you have everything out there from phishing. You have, uh, you know, viruses. You have all kinds of stuff that's just looking to steal your information or to do bad things to the hardware that you're on. Um, and all we can do is prepare for it. You know, that's that we can educate ourselves and prepare for it. It's kind of like not if your car is going to die, but when your car is going to die. And so you have to change the oil. You have to, you know, give it a tune up. You have to make sure the tires are good. Um, Bad stuff will still happen, but as long as you're taking the proper precautions, I think it's less likely that that bad stuff will take you out. Well, that's, uh, it actually made me think about a completely other side 
subject, but are you in charge of physical security there too? Uh, fortunately, like security no. cameras, security cameras, like all that type of stuff. Uh, so we, we have we have security cameras at, at uh, some of our locations. Uh, fortunately, we also have a school police that monitors and reacts to those. Um, I'm just in charge of making sure they're up and running and working. And if they need assistance in recalling some of the data uh, for the dates or hour or minutes in question, then I can assist there. But uh, no, I leave, I leave like those to a better, somebody better uh, uh, prepared. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, man, it has, uh, it's been a pleasure talking about these. Um, it's just the, the biggest learning I think is, is taking away from, you know, we do a lot of teaching, um, but we yep. don't do enough learning from our students and kind Absolutely. of understanding that they're at that age where it's, you know, we, we ask them to be responsible. We tell them you can choose your response. Right. And yep. uh, there will be consequences to that, but you know, how much do they really understand at that age as well? Um, but do- doesn't take away from their ingenious uh, ability to do things. True. And if they're, if we're learning from them, we're, we're teaching them, but hopefully it's a, it's a win-win situation, right? You want them to learn from you. You want to learn from them, which means that you're understanding what they're doing. They're understanding what you're doing. I, I think it just works out better all the way around. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to anyone in the public sector or kind of mid-market IT, mid-market IT leadership, uh, what would that be? Uh, the one word I think would be kind of lower your fears a little bit and, uh, just understand you keep learning, keep learning and stop fearing. Mm. All right, Roland, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Absolutely. No, it was, it was uh, wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. Alrighty, sir. Uh, we're going to talk again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks again, Phil. Yep. All right.